Welcome to It's a Good Day Podcast. We are three friends who love to laugh and believe that through Jesus, even the tough seasons are good. You never know what will happen on our show, but we hope you will join us as we find the good in every day. So last week, we took Harrison swimming. Not Ilian. I almost say the wrong name all the time. Crazy. <laughs> Nobody else ever does that. <laughs> I think it's because it sounds like, I think Ilian and Harrison. In, in. Yeah. Yeah. I do that all the time with my kids. Yeah. For sure. Like I'll go through, like I'll call Aiden, Ryan, and Evelyn first. <laughs> then eventually I get to their name. Even though he's sometimes, the oldest. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I don't even use the name. I'm just like, you, you just come. <laughs> okay. I actually, I don't, I hate that. It really bothers me that, because I do that, but with people, not just like my son, (laughs) but okay, with Courtney and Lexi, especially like with my girlfriends, like I mix them up. Like if I'm hanging out with one more than the other one, especially a few years ago before I had my own family and whatever, Mm -hmm. I would call Lexi Courtney. So it was always like, LeCourt and Corla. And like sometimes I would call them, like if I hung out with Brielle for a few days, then I would start calling them Brielle or I would call Brielle Courtney or, uh, but I also called Ilian Levi a lot when he was yeah. first born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way. Well, You're not he a bad went mom. swimming. He went swimming. Okay. Thank you for that. Telling me that I'm not a bad mom. Yes. It was fun. It was like just a fun first thing and take him in the water. And it was a very hot day. Did you so, go to the beach or? Um, no, my aunt pool? has a pool and okay. it was just a swimming pool. So, yep, fun. Loved it. And that same night we dunked, we, not dunked, but we let Ilian like get under the water. I, we, I was holding on to him, but for the first time, because I'm just trying to like get him to be okay with water. And he did pretty good. I'm thinking there must be some books about like teaching your child to swim young, because I really would love to have like a really young swimmer. Just so that, I mean, you'd still watch them when they're two or three, but, but like, yeah, you don't have to be right there with no, them. No, the so time. that you can just, I don't know. I feel like when they know how to swim, the drowning, like, right, just goes down, you know? A lot. And I just love that idea right. of them being able to swim little, like, two, three, four, totally, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> when they're 20, it'd be when, really great if they could swim. Whenever it happens. I love it. So today's episode, I'm pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. We interviewed Natasha Metzler. Natasha is a wife, a mom, a blogger. She lives on a farm. She's written at least seven books. And, and she, she travels a lot, doesn't she? <laughs> she's gone lots of places. She used to live in Brazil, Haiti. Yeah, she's been to Alaska, Alaska. a few times. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure is. She even told us about um, her next project that she's been working on, yeah. which sounds really exciting. Mm-hmm. And not too many people know about it. So it's like breaking news. Obviously, the It's a Good Day podcast is the place to right. share <laughs> your news. Get the word out. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, man. It was yeah. fun. It was great. Yeah, she had a lot. I think a lot of wisdom that she shared about like putting your story out there whether well first of all we we talked to her a lot about writing because she's a writer but like all of the like she blogs and writes books and so we asked her a lot of questions on that but also she um, just 
gave some encouragement on just getting your story out there and how we can do that and doing it while being scared. She talked about what do you do when maybe somebody is negative about your work mm -hmm. and kind of how to get through that. And I think I just love the most that she talked about being led by the Lord and not, not going on your own strength, but the fact that he will lead us. And that was powerful. Right. And how we can, we can write or share however, however it is. If we want to get our story out there, but we don't know what to write about, just to look at what God's doing in our lives right now, instead of overthinking and trying to share this grand thing, just look at what's right in front of us and write about it. Yeah. Tasha also told us about a, the very first book that she ever wrote and it was a novel fiction novel <laughs> is that the same thing anyway and no. and how well, she still guess, yes. and how she still has it and i want to get my hands on that because i'm such a big reader <laughs> oh augie you're the best okay i want to tell you guys about something called north country explosion an event that's happening here in lewis county on august 3rd with hannah keely Hannah's desire to help moms has led to an entire empire of serving others from her reality series, Hannah Help Me, where she helps overwhelm moms with her innovative techniques to her many other programs that encourage moms to live crazy, blessed lives, lives that they have always dreamed of. This event will be for women in all seasons of life. Are you a new mom? And in need of some encouragement in raising children, maybe you have grandchildren but struggle to find vision for your life. Do you want to see your marriage become what God truly intended it to be? Or do you want to live debt-free and flourish financially? What if you are doing amazing but have a dream you want to live out? Do you want more? The doors open at 9.30 and the event begins at 10. Join us for a time of worship, the Lord, and worshiping the Lord, and learning about the power of investing in you so that you can invest in all other areas, family, finances, freedom, and fortress. Uh, we will put a link to this in the description. Also, don't forget to send us your questions for the Q&A at the end of the month. At, uh, send us an email at itsagooddaypodcastmail at gmail.com. Also, you can send it to us on direct message on Instagram at itsagooddaypod. underscore pod. We hope you guys enjoy this episode with, with Natasha. Then do you have any other summer like things you're doing or any other places you're going or anything like that? Um, no, our big thing this summer is that I need to um, figure out the kids schooling for next year before the baby comes. <laughs> right. And figure out how to fix my house so that we can have a baby there. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Like if, yeah, if you feel like there's anything that needs to be. Well, we're going to, I want to redo our, I have that like little library in the upstairs. Yes. And I want, was going to be originally a schoolroom, but uh -huh. it was too secluded for my children. They need to be closer to me because uh -huh. they love me. Yes. And <laughs> Naturally. But, yes, of course. <laughs> but that room, it is a library, like it's got lots of shelves in it now and it's really small, but I want to put in like a rocking chair and some kind of bed thing okay. for the first little while because I won't want the baby to nap downstairs. Yeah. For a while. So, and then our room, we need to figure out something, whether we build it. We have a really high bed. So I'm trying to figure out something that the baby can be right beside me 
but yep. everything that I've looked at is not tall enough. Right. So that's kind of cute to build something high. Yeah, that... that's what Amos has in his mind that he'll probably just build something, which if he has time to, he will. Yeah. And it will be wonderful, but I don't know if he'll have time to or not. <laughs> yeah. So it just comes more quickly than you expect <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Right. But, and I need to rearrange a little in there. Like we do not have a big room at all. And so, and our bed can only go one place. Okay. Well, it can only go one place with both of us being able to get off either side of the yes. bed. Yes. So, if I could put him in a corner, then it would be Amos, of course, <laughs> to go in the corner. Obviously. Then there would be options, but apparently that's not up, you know, up for debate. <laughs> Have like a ladder at the end of the bed that yeah. you just like jump and, you know, climb up. Climb and up and do, get yeah, in. yeah. So, how many bedrooms do you have? Three? Yes, there are three bedrooms. So, at this point, we're just planning for the baby to be in our room yep. for probably the first year at least. And then we'll have, like, there's plenty of space. Like, the, there's living space downstairs between the right. bedrooms. Yes. So, eventually, even if the baby, like, is old enough that we move it out, it could still be right near me. Yes. And won't need to go into, like, one of the other bedrooms for yeah. a while. I mean, it depends on what it is, whether it's a girl or boy. Mm-hmm. Right. As of right now, Liz is like, oh, if it's a girl, it can go into our room. And I'm like, your room's so messy, we couldn't fit the baby in there. So, that's <laughs> not an option. Some of you want to clean it up a little bit and learn right, how right. to keep it clean. I told her she's got probably a couple years, you know, and then if she really thinks, then make a space there or something. Yeah. Little corner. Right, that's right. That's great. Do you, have, do you have names? Not that you have to tell us. Sort but, of, okay. but no, no, not yeah. really. <laughs> Is it the problem? Have you met my husband? <laughs> I have actually. His, his, the problem is we'll talk about names and he can make some, like he rhymes things really funny. And so like every single name, you like say this name and he'll be like, oh, and then make up some little something song or see. something. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. And he's not very quick to say like, we had two names, and that was Lizzie and Bench. Like, those were the two names that we had right. from long before we had children. Yep. And so, and then I thought we had a third one, another girl's name, mm-hmm. that, which was Kate. But I, now he suddenly doesn't like it, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's <laughs> always fun. I like that name. I like Kate. It's cute. It's pretty it's cute. Yep. Well, anyway, welcome. Thank you for joining us here today. We're pretty excited to have Natasha Metzler with us. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit yes, about indeed. yourself, Natasha. <laughs> well, I am married to my husband, Amos, and we've been married for almost 12 years, which I think this fall will be 12 years. So, And we have two adopted children. Elizabeth is our oldest, and Benjamin is our next. They are 13 and 12, so they're very close in age. And we are expecting a baby this fall. So our family is changing. This has been a surprise. We were not able to have children, and suddenly we are. So <laughs> that's very, very exciting. So, besides being a mom, what other things do you do? Um, mostly, I, well, I'm, I'm a mom and I also homeschool the kids, so that takes a lot of my time. But then I also am a writer. And I have several books out, and I write a blog at natashametzler.com. So I've been doing that for a lot of years, probably 10 years now, maybe at least. 
I think. Wow. Which seems really long, but I think that's accurate. <laughs> I think that time flies. <laughs> like, it feels like, is that really possible? Like, recently I've been thinking about how 20 years ago is very, I remember very well yep. 20 years ago. And that just seems crazy that I'm that old, but <laughs> even 25 years ago, I do, you know, I yep, was a child, yep. but, <laughs> um, so tell us, that's really, really interesting. Tell us about, well, first of all, do you remember the first thing you ever wrote? Like the first thing that like got published wrote or like, nah, well, whatever, big, just big more thing, <laughs> more fun. Like maybe you were younger. Or... Yeah. So when I was in seventh grade so i don't know how old that would make me what are you 13 in seventh grade 12 13 something like that around there probably 12. um i do not know why but i decided that i was going to write a fiction book it was gonna be a western because obviously romance set in western times was like like it <laughs> <laughs> so i wrote this book and i was very brave at that time and so i gave it to my english teacher as I wrote it, like every chapter, as I wrote them, I turned them into her. <laughs> and she was super excited about it every time. She was really, really sweet. And at the end of the year, she gave me an award, a special award, like at the award ceremony, that I was going to be a, something about like Christian fiction writer or something like that. So I always remember that as like a, I don't know, a big thing. That was the last time I homeschooled after that. And so it was the last like teacher that I had that wasn't my mom. Uh-huh. And... That was like the big thing in my mind was like, oh, when I had a teacher, she said I was going to do this. So that's amazing. And it was a very sad book. Like, it, was, it was not well done at all. But at the same time, I hand wrote this entire book and it was a full length novel. That was, of course, it was handwritten back in the day. Like, right. We did have computers, but they weren't like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you were 12. Right. Exactly. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. And thinking about that, like, how cool is it that she. The fact that she could have said, ah, this isn't that great. Or like, ah, mm -hmm. eh, you're not probably going to be a writer. Or like, but she didn't. Like she said the opposite. And yep. maybe if she would have, it would have changed something. Yeah. for yeah. Like it would have been bad. But like, yeah. It's just cool how people influence you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially children. Like I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of power in what an adult says to a child, negative and positive. Yes. And it's yes. Such, a, such a good reminder just to be a positive influence on a child's life, especially like, I think it's the role of an, an adult. That's not a parent mm -hmm. I think, is an important yes. role. And I like being an adult a long time without having children of my own, I think made me very aware that, Hey, I have to have some kind of a role. <laughs> so I'm yeah. always really trying to, um, you know, look a child in the eye and give them some affirmation. Yeah, That's cool. absolutely. Mm -hmm. I really love that, that story. Do so, you still have it? The book? I do. <laughs> I do have it. And I actually started rewriting at one point because in the back of my mind at some point, I will like remake it and do it because it would be really fun just to be like, Oh, this was the original story that I dreamed up when I was that is great. And you but, can send it to your English teacher. Yeah, that's. I have not been able to find her. I've actually like searched for her on Facebook and stuff, and have not found her. But maybe someday, mm -hmm. I would. Yeah, it would be really fun. That would be really cool. So your blog that you 
you still write on. It's mm -hmm. kind of a current thing. Tell us about when that started and how, where the inspiration came from that, where the even mm -hmm. bravery, I guess, to put yourself out there came from, or was it not? Was it more of a personal thing at first or how did it start? Um, so I actually had several different blogs at different points, probably from the time I was like a, like 15 or 16, something like that. Um, that were more like journal, like online journals that I shared with friends that didn't live near me because we moved a lot when I was a kid. And so it was kind of my way of keeping in contact with people. Um, before the days of social media? Right, before social media. <laughs> and so I did that. But then when I was, it was after I was married. So I would have been in my mid-20s. And I decided that I knew I really wanted to write and publish books and if I was going to do that, I probably needed a, um, like a home base online that if people looked up my name, they would find out about who I was and whatever else. And so I kind of looked into that some, and that's when I officially started the blog that I have now. Uh, like I said, it was probably 10 years ago, maybe 11, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I started that. And then it was just a very, very small thing with, you know, I would share on Facebook when I made a post and you know, five or 10 of my friends would go over and be like, oh, yay, Tasha, that was good, <laughs> or whatever, mm -hmm. <laughs> for quite a while. But then I shared, um, I had actually gone through this whole time in my life with, I was dealing with infertility at the time. And then my husband and I had lived in Haiti and we had come back. So this was right after we came back from Haiti. So that had been 10 years ago, I guess. There, we found a time. <laughs> I was trying to think of when it would have been, but that's when it was. Um, and I had just gone through this journey with the Lord where I was learning to accept the fact that I was dealing with infertility and learning how to trust him in that and mm -hmm. walk with him in that without being angry that he wasn't changing that circumstance, if that makes sense. And so one of my first big things I did on my blog was I wrote a series that kind of went through that process um, and shared about it. And that started getting shared on social media a lot more. Like it wasn't just my five friends that were reading it, but they, they read it and shared it with other people. And so it was like really big for me, but it was now, it's so funny because numbers are so different depending on where you are in your like work process or whatever. Sure. And so, but at the time I went from like five or six people reading my blog to like, 25 people reading my blog, which was huge, like, whoa. And, um, and it ended up being shared a few other places. And I ended up getting connected to a group of writers that asked me to join them. So I actually write for another blog called Kindred Grace that around that time, they asked me to like join their writing team. And so that changed some of my like online presence. I had a bigger circle of people that started learning what my name was and following me. So I can't remember if that answered all the questions or not. <laughs> I think so, just where it started. So yep. it's interesting that you you had the dream of writing books mm -hmm. and so you knew you had to start somewhere. And yep. so were you, did you have a book in mind? Were you thinking, this is what I want to write? Or did you just know, I want to write? Yeah, I knew I wanted to write. And I had always assumed from the time I was in seventh grade that I was going to write fiction. Okay. And the way that my, I guess, I don't know if you call it career or whatever, started was that in sharing about my own life, my real life, um, I started 
getting all of these followers who wanted to know more about that and not about any fiction story that I might have. <laughs> right. And so I actually wrote a lot of nonfiction first before I ever did anything in fiction. And I do have some fiction work out now, but it was, that is not my main platform by any means. And so that was different than what I expected. Sure. I thought that it was going to be more. I, well, I had no idea actually, when I first dreamed of it, I had no idea that infertility was going to be part of my story. And so I had no idea that that was going to be my first platform to speak from. Right. Um, so that was very different, yeah, than what I expected at all. Yep, I love how God kind of swoops in and changes maybe what what we thought might be, but He mm-hmm. has a plan, and um, that's pretty pretty amazing. Did you say what your first, the name of your first book? Then tell my, us a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, my first book was, um, and the name of it is Pain Redeemed, and it was originally actually just going to be a very short ebook that I put out because I was still going to write fiction at that point, but people were asking me about like getting my story. So they had read my blog and I had shared different, different posts on my blog about infertility. And I had a lot of readers that were writing me then and saying like, Hey, I would love to hear like more of your story or, you know, kind of get a chronological Mm -hmm. view of what's, what happened in your life and how you got to this point. And so I decided then that I was going to just do this little short ebook that would be just available online and whatever else. And um, it didn't end up being that because as soon as I published it as an ebook, I started getting all of these people saying, can you please get this in print because we want to share it with people. And it's such a sensitive thing that we don't want to send them a link. We would like to be able to get a physical copy of the book and hand it to someone. And so then I looked into um, publishing it in print somehow and started doing that. And it is still, um, even now I've done a lot of books since then, and that is still definitely my best selling book mm-hmm. that people really like. And it's mostly just my story about facing it. Well, the, the tagline is when our deepest sorrows meet God. So it's kind of just the idea of whether it's infertility or any other painful thing in our life that God will meet us there and kind of how he did that for me. So that seems to still resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the writing process. Like say someone wanted to write a book or start a blog or do something. Where would you tell them to start? The biggest thing that I found is that you you do have to just start writing something. And that's actually why I got into writing infertility, even about infertility. Even though I wanted to write fiction... (laughs) I did have some fiction books that I had been working on for years and they were kind of there. But when I sat down to write, the biggest things in my life right then were the, like the things I was trying to process and think through. Um, That's really what came out. And so I just had to start writing about that and then accept, I don't know, that that was was the platform that I had right then. Mm -hmm. Even if it wasn't what I dreamed in my head. I don't know if that makes sense, but like. Yeah. Because I would have, in my mind, I would have just sat down and written, you know, the next best-selling novel or something like that. Right. And instead, I needed to just sit down and write about what God was doing right now in my life, right at this point, and trust Him to do something with that. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good just to start where Mm -hmm. you are. I think sometimes we can overthink um, and want to write something like so grand and what's right in front of us doesn't always 
feel so grand, but yeah, yeah I like that. It's good. I love knowing that if God is doing it, like if he's in it, you know, it can't fail. He is mm-hmm. going to make it happen. And I think that there's, there can be a lot of fear in mm-hmm. being vulnerable in our stories, in, you know, putting it out there. But I think that if we're willing, that God will use us and reveal what he's wanting to do. Yeah, absolutely. So can you dive a little bit deeper? Like, I know you said it's a hard question, but like where... So you do, so you are willing to do it. You're willing to think about what's going on. Like, Mm -hmm. where do you start with actually, like the actual logistics of, say you want to write a blog post, like you have an idea, do you, you just, yeah, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of times I have, like for me personally, I'll have an idea in my mind of like, um, say a phrase that came to me or when I was doing my devotions, something struck me and I'd be like, oh, it would be fun to write about this idea. Uh, a lot of times I will think about it while I'm doing other work. In fact, if I, if I sit down to write and I can't come up with anything, I try to go do something. I call it mindless work. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and we have, we have a farm. And so that would often mean like scraping down heifers, <laughs> which is like, it's physical work that's using your body, but not, you don't have to think about, or like just cleaning your house could be the same thing. Like you uh-huh. just, something that doesn't take a lot of mind space to do. But then as you're doing it, you can be thinking about whatever this subject is and kind of pondering it and a lot of times the the posts will start formulating in my mind Mm -hmm. at that point um and then when I sit down I can usually put together a rough draft of some kind but it does take going over um like and rewriting stuff a lot of times like a a lot of times I'll write out a whole you know couple pages of something and then go back and cut out whole sections of it or switch things around or, you know, like just things like that. And being willing to change things is one of the biggest parts of learning to write. Um, being willing to, yeah, cut out a section that you really liked, but that doesn't go with every, like the point of what you're saying to kind of keep it centered on what the actual, um, what, whatever it is that you're trying to convey to the reader. Uh, so that's all in there. Um, there's like little tricks for like to do a good blog post, like reading your work. Like once you finish it, reading it out loud back to yourself mm, is yep. a really um, great way to catch problems or things like that. Because when you're reading and you stumble over it, when it's your own words, you know, it's bad. So right. <laughs> <laughs> like being able to, yeah, go be willing to change those up and, and, and that kind of thing. So like, that's just simple editing kind of things, but the process actually of writing it is one thing, actually, no, I did think of one thing, um, being willing to make sure that you put yourself into whatever you're writing. Mm -hmm. So like I could write on a lot of topics that I might have a lot of information about, but if I'm not going to share stories about me or about what it means for me or why it matters for me, then it's very dry and it's not going to be interesting to people. I mean, Maybe some people don't care, but the majority of people aren't going to care unless they kind of get a glimpse of who you are. So that's one thing. I think that's one reason. Like there's a lot of, a lot of people that write that share really good, like I think specifically in the Christian realm, like they share really great things about something they read in scripture, but they have no way of applying it to their own life. And so it just, 
it, the, yeah, others don't care about it as much. Whereas if you say in my life, this is what's going on. And then God showed me this and that's, and it changed my heart in this way, you know, like just making it, yeah. Identifying this is for my life. What's going on makes it, yeah. Just changes yeah. It. There's a lot about like story that says, yes. Yes. that says a lot. Do you think that everyone has something to say? I mean, everyone might not want to be a writer, but do you feel like if we're looking to, if we're looking to give it to, to the world, kind of, do you feel like everyone has something? Well, I think the point about having like story mattering, um, I think that that is true and we all have a story. And so for sure, I think there are lots of avenues that it can be shared with others. Um, writing is one very small one, but there are so many. And I do think that our stories really matter. I think that there's some people that have like the idea in their head that they shouldn't talk about themselves kind of, you know, like we, we have that idea when there's a reason for it, because obviously we can be too self-focused, mm -hmm. but in sharing with somebody, sharing about yourself with someone is a little bit different than talking about yourself, like mm -hmm. that you're the most important or whatever. <laughs> And in sharing and being vulnerable, um, however, whether it's through art or through um, speaking or writing or whatever, you know, whatever avenue that you have, um, yeah, I think that we do have something to share. I mean, if we know Christ, then we have a story of how he showed up in our lives, right? Like that's, yeah. and it's always going to be valuable. Have you ever written something that you then regretted later, like, or put something out there in some way and then wished you hadn't, it's a little different. Like if you wrote, write something in a book, it's mm -hmm. there. And yeah. even if you take the book off the shelves, you know, <laughs> someone might still have that. Or yeah. even with a blog post, someone might've read it before you realized, like, has that ever, has that ever happened to you? Yeah. There's been a few times that I have kind of questioned. I don't know that I've ever gotten to the place that where in the end I said, oh, I need to get that down or I need to change that. But there have been times where I've been like, why did I do that again? Like, <laughs> why did I share that? And so usually it's when I share something really vulnerable and somebody doesn't understand it. And so there's been, I had um, one of my books had something like that in it that Someone had read it and then returned the book to me saying that they can't condone this book because I had written this thing. And I was really like, oh my goodness, why did I do that or whatever? And, but then in looking at it and praying through it, I realized like, first of all, that their, their opinion of it wasn't accurate because they weren't actually seeing what all I was even saying if that makes sense. And I, yeah, I'm making it kind of like vague, but all it was, I used a swear word in, in my book. And it was because I was actually quoting from my journal at a point that I was very, very low. And so the, the accusation was like, as a Christian, you should not do this. And I remember being like, well, I guess there's some truth there. Like this, there, that was my initial, like, why did I leave that in there? Why did my editor leave that in there? Like kind of, and then looking back at it though, even going over the whole section and realizing, oh, I know why I left this in here because this was the real me when we lost a child, like that was me. And I was desperate and I'm not someone that does that in any lighthearted way, but in that instance, 
that's where I was. And so I think it came back around to me realizing and being able to say, oh no, it's okay that I did that even if they don't understand it because I was being real. And for somebody else, maybe they need to see that when you're at your lowest, that's where you are. But the point of the whole book was how God redeems that, right? right. That he took us yeah. from there and he built family when we had lost family and all of these things. And so the, the point, it was not glorifying um, anything bad in any way. It really was glorifying the Lord. And so I was at peace with that. But the process in there, there were a lot of points that I was like, oh, I wish I could, I could, it was like you said, in a book. So it, wasn't, it was already out. <laughs> there was no taking it back at that point. And I probably would have if I could have right in the moment because I want everyone to be happy with me and think that I'm right. nice. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and when we're, when we're being vulnerable, when we're sharing our lives, I think that it would probably be, it's a fight against, you know, pleasing people and wanting yes. people to think, like good of you because yeah we're all we're all sinners we all have bad stuff in there and we're all in the process of being redeemed we're all in the process of sanctification right so yes. it's yeah. <laughs> if we're going to be willing to share our junk we're mm -hmm. going to have people who get stuck on the fact that we have junk rather than right you exactly. know what god's doing and yeah it can be something you can be caught up in so do you ever get negative feedback on your blog and like, and if so, like, how does that affect your writing? Yes, there have been times, especially, um, I didn't at the beginning really much at all, but that was because probably it was mostly friends and family. <laughs> so those those 25 nice. those friends nice. of yours right. were just nice to you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but eventually, uh, my blog started taking off a little bit more and then I had a viral post actually at one point. And when okay. I had a post that went viral, um, I started getting a lot more negative response. Now, mind you, it went from like the first day, I think 50,000 people viewed the post, right? So all of a sudden you have a huge, huge, incredible amount of people and they're not all going to think the same as you. <laughs> and so that got a lot of, I had a lot of negative comments. I had a lot of positive ones too, um, which was obvious because people were sharing the post and whatever else, but there was some negative. And at that point, I'm trying to think, I think that at that point, the positive outweighed the negative enough that it was okay. But then when at, from there, my blog had a lot more traffic from then on. And so there were a few times that I had comments or people emailing who really like felt like the great need to take me down a notch or two, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. And so sometimes I dealt okay with it, but honestly, I get very, um, trying to think of what the word is. Like when some, when anything negative happens, this isn't just in writing, but like, even if like someone confronts you about something or just if there's like tension in a room or something like that, I get very cold, <laughs> like, like physically, I get really cold and almost a little bit shaky. And I like all of those physical things I would deal with too, would something would come in writing. Like I'd be I'd open up my phone for something and see this negative comment or negative email and be like a little bit shaky and like, I'm not really sure. The nice thing about it being online is you don't have to respond right away. Like if it's in person, you got to figure out how to make, like make so good a response. But with writing, I had learned to just embrace the fact that I can take a little bit, like I don't need to respond right this minute. And sometimes I don't need to respond at all. 
Um, and that was a big step. I think like one of the first few times I felt like I needed to defend myself almost against it. And eventually I got to the place where it was like, nope, I don't need to do that. Like specifically if someone is just being, um, extremely negative without any, like it's, it's one thing if someone asked a genuine question, like saying like, it looks like you're saying this and I don't agree with that. What do you think? You know, like you could actually have a conversation, but usually online, it's more like you're really dumb or something, <laughs> you know, like just something ridiculous that mm -hmm. there's not really actually a good response to. Right. So on, on my blog, it was like that. I do know the first time I got a negative review on my book, it was very, very negative, And they said that I should have found somebody else to write my story. I had a good story, but somebody else should have written it. And <laughs> I don't know, there was all of this stuff. And that was really hard for me at first to be like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just didn't know how to, I wanted to not write anymore. Like that was definitely the, the initial thing is like, maybe I should never write again. It has to be given to the Lord, I guess, like just laid down and said, you know, God, if this is, if there's truth in this that I need to learn from, then show me what the truth thing is. Um, it has been very rare. I feel like that just negative feedback has actually carried some truth that I need to change myself for, if that makes sense. Um, there have been a few times that there has been like questions asked or things like that, that made me really look at something and be like, Oh, you know what? Actually, maybe I'm looking at this wrong or I need to change something. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers that, but on my blog, the other thing is there have been a few times that I have written things that I might have had like, um, my facts wrong or something like that. The nice part about being a blog is I can go in and change that. <laughs> right. And I have had to do that before. Um, sometimes it's like a, a biblical thing that I thought one thing and then someone pointed out that I had it wrong and I went back and just changed my wording so that it was not portrayed in the wrong way. Um, and those things actually learn, I've learned to be thankful for at first I would be like, Oh my goodness. Like I said something that wasn't like biblically correct or something like that. And now I'm pretty chill about it. Like, Oh, well, let me, let me go in and fix how I worded that. I didn't mean to word it that way or, or that kind of thing. Well, I think it's a mark of a good person to be willing to be humble when it is. Cause yes. you know, yeah. we're not perfect. You're not perfect. No, I think that that's you know, kind of part of life. But something you said made me think, isn't it crazy how, like, I'm assuming you have other reviews on your mm -hmm. book, probably, right? Mm -hmm. Like, one bad review out of yeah. however many good reviews, and the one bad is, you know, you said, I kind of maybe want to stop writing. Like, really? Mm -hmm. It yeah. just it goes back to that same thing again about negative words. Like, I think we have to come to terms with, one bad review out of 50 good ones like yeah. no we don't have to be marked by that or be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever the word is I'm trying to think of that's not who we are right that's not your identity at all but again there you go <laughs> imagine that you're good with words <laughs> but again to turn it around for our own selves and remember just the weight that our words carry so much mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it might just be one thing and we might have been having a bad day or whatever, but it can be years later that someone is still thinking about that negative thing that we said and how important to be careful. And Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the Bible says, life and death is in the power of the tongue.
Yes. Yeah. Right. So tell us a little bit. You have a husband. You have yeah. children. Obviously, we're talking about how you you write very personally. You know, like mm-hmm. you write. You're writing your own story, but you are not the only person that's right. in your story. How do you handle that? Like, as far as if they're in a story, do they do they approve it? Do mm-hmm. you know? Before you had children, you just at least you had your husband. You talked about marriage, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that, how does that work, or how does other people being part of your story affect what you put out there? Yeah. So when I was writing, um, I think it was my second book, or I don't know, I don't know, whichever one. What, at whatever point my children joined our family, I wrote a book that told some of their adoption story, and for th- for them at that point, I just read the chapters to them that had to do with specifically their story. And I was very careful in writing it, how much that I shared about their story and things like that. But I wanted them to approve of it and to know this is, this is what's being told anyone who reads this book. Right? How old were they at that point? I think Elizabeth must have been at least 10 or 11. And Ben just 14 months younger, so whatever, you know, 9, 10, something like that. Um, but old enough to know and probably care about what people yeah, heard yeah. about them and knew. And they were, um, it was actually a really fun experience because we just gathered together as a family in the evening and, you know, read their chapters and they were excited to read their chapters and, what, you know, that kind of thing. And so that was, yeah, for, for their part, there's that. Um, and in, on my blog, I share stories about them sometimes. At this point, specifically my daughter, I she approves all of the stories that I write that are about something to do with her, if I name her sure. in them. Um, and she also approves any pictures that go up of her. <laughs> of course. So, um, and for a while, you know, when she was younger, she didn't care at all and it didn't matter. And then at a certain point, she started being more aware of that. Um, and then some too, there's not a lot, there's not as many things. I don't know. A lot of times I might tell stories that I don't um, clarify who it's specifically about. Um, and I do that on purpose. And so if people know us really well, they'll probably know which kid. And that's okay because they would know anyway. They probably would already have heard the story actually. Right. <laughs> um, but we are, we're, we're also very open. Like in general, I, I do want my kids to have their, like things, um, their privacy protected in some ways. And in another way, I also want them to know that like in life, everything that we do affects people around us, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not just their story. It's it's also my story because this is what I'm dealing with every day and this is my life. And what the Lord is going to be teaching me a lot of times has to do with what's going on in my family. So there is the reality of that. And of course, I want to be sensitive and protecting of them at the same time. But I don't want them to think either that they can act however they want and nobody else is ever going to know <laughs> okay right. if that makes sense um and then even with my husband like i at this point we've been married long enough he kind of already knows if it happens it might end up on a block <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> he has you know he makes great jokes about it and he thinks it's funny but um but we have a close relationship and he also knows that i'm not going to say anything that would actually bother him if it was shared and so you probably know him well enough to know the things yeah, that he the might things mind he'd be or... sensitive about or things like that. So, sure. For sure. Um, 
I think for myself, I am very open in general. I don't have a lot of things that are like, I don't want to share. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to worry about me. It's just everybody else that I kind of pay attention to about whether or not they'd want it, want it known. But yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have a favorite thing that you've ever written? Hmm. Well, I have a book that's going to be coming out that I think might be my favorite, <laughs> but it might be because it's my newest thing. I don't know. Cause right. sometimes I think that happens. Like I'll, I'll have a favorite for a while until I write the next favorite. You know? Right. <laughs> Does anyone uh, else know about this? Like are we the first? <laughs> well, it, it has been talked about a little bit, but, um, it actually got delayed. And so it was supposed to come out this spring. And so we were going to have like some big announcements and stuff that have been pushed off because I ended up pregnant and we were not expecting that. And so, which is a great reason to put off the publication of a book. That's just all I have to say about that. But, um, but yeah, the, the book that I have coming out is one that I started writing many years ago. I think we figured out it was about 14 years ago or something like that. Um, and it is fiction. So I'm, I get to do fiction again, which I'm really excited about. And you have one uh, fiction book out so far. Well, I have, have one fiction book, but I have um, a parable, like a, a kid's book that's parables, yes. or a parable, I'm sorry, um, that is also out. But that wasn't, I didn't do a big thing with that. That was more something I wrote for my daughter, and it got illustrated, and then I published it because some people asked for it, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I have a novel out that's fiction. But this is my next work since then that is... For, it was written for teenage girls, but it's really for just women in general. And it is stories. They're allegorical stories. And I'm really, really excited about that. And we did a whole, it's a huge project. So it's not just that it's my favorite writing. Like I like the writing. It's really great. But the project come like all together is really exciting to me and has been like a very, like dreamed of for a very long time. So it's really fun to see it start coming together. That's so insane. we are I am hoping that it will still be published this fall, but we are unsure of the timeline because I'm also having a baby this fall. So <laughs> we're just, yeah, we're working through, but it is written and edited and it's in the process that um, it's not just writing. So this one actually has photographs as part of it and it's, they're kind of fairy tale allegorical stories. And so the, yeah, I can't even explain it really. It's just a really fun project with, we had girls that got to model for us that we got to know all of these women that were really fun, fun people to get to know. And God kind of worked all of that out too. So it's just a neat project. That's so exciting. Can't wait till it comes out. Yes. It's called Daughters of the King, by the way. Okay. okay well, I think we have time for just a couple more questions. I keep there's so much I'd like to ask you. I feel like there's a lot that um, will go unsaid. We'll have to have you back again. But what, what advice do you have for somebody who feels like they have something to say? They would like to write. They would like to put themselves out there, so to speak. But, you know, they're afraid they're, of all the things that we're talking about, of being vulnerable, of people being negative. I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm. What would you say to someone? I would probably say to write anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> first of all, because you can't, you can't put anything out there until it's written. So 
uh, maybe starting with that. And then really just talk to the Lord. Like I feel like his leading is so um, clear at times in our life. Like I think a lot of times we can, when we have something like that, we can kind of put it together and we expect that we have to figure out what to do with it. And I think that the Lord is so good about leading us and we just can relax and trust that he will show us when the time is right. Um, I think there's, yeah, there's definitely been times in my life where I've had things that sat for a while and the Lord was so good to reveal like, oh, this is for this season or this moment. And so I guess just trust him that he will show you when it's time, but write it down. You know, like yeah. um, anytime I think we have something that the, that's on our heart, if we just work at it quietly in our own space mm-hmm. and be willing to put it out if the Lord leads. And yeah, I think he honors that in our lives. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, it's called, our podcast is called It's a Good Day Podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm just what does that mean to you? I've actually been thinking a lot about the, the term like good in general, because when we found out that we were expecting a baby, a lot of people, the immediate thing that their response is, oh, God is so good, right? That that was what she is. Absolutely. But what actually hit me was that he was good on all the other days too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all the years that we didn't have babies and all the years when we lost babies, like God was so good at all of those points. And so I love the idea of it's a good day because that's the truth. Like God has given us this day and it is good because that's who he is. Um, regardless if we have something we want today or we don't have it, or if things are hard or easy, um, that the goodness of God is still present in there. So that's what I think of. (laughs) That's great. So tell us what's good about today for you. (laughs) Well, I will be honest. Everything in my life right now has been, um, I'm, I'm just, let's see, what am I? Almost 25 weeks pregnant and the baby is moving a lot and I am still surprised by it every single day <laughs> because there were so many years when we did not have babies. And so every morning when I get up, the baby moves a lot in the morning and I will be like sitting there doing something and then be like, oh, I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> like this is a really exciting thing and I forgot. <laughs> And so there's been, yeah, there's that. And just yesterday too, I was walking and the sun was shining on me and I glanced over and saw my shadow Mm -hmm. and I'm really showing right now. And also I'm like, oh my goodness, my shadow's even pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, I just, every day right now, it's kind of like this big surprise that I've forgotten, not really forgotten, but like, I don't know. It's just not, it's just different and new. And so, yeah. That's my good thing. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, it was really nice chatting with you, and I just loved everything you had to say. So good, and um, thanks. Absolutely. Come thanks again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great day.